good morning, and thank you for joining with me once again. We're working our way through the book of Genesis, and I hope that uh, uh, you are on track uh, to uh, read through the Bible. It's early in the game, so to speak, but I hope you'll uh, be with us as we go through these next 12 months, and we will read the entirety of, uh, of the Bible. Today we're in uh, Genesis chapter 25, so we'll look at ver uh, chapters 25, 26, and 27, and zero in on verses 19 through 28 of chapter 25. And so we see uh, that Abraham is going to pass off of the scene, uh, that he is going to, to die. He's going to be gathered to his uh, people. And we're told that uh, uh, he lived 175 years and uh, that he, he died uh, at a very rich and ripe old age and that God he had seen what God was going to do. He was seeing the fulfilling of that initial promise made to him uh, that we read way back in uh, Genesis 12. And so, uh, uh, so we, we see uh, then his, his concerns for Isaac and uh, his marriage. And uh, so we see the arrangements made uh, for that. And then the description of the birth of the children of Isaac. And that's what we're going to look at in just a moment. And then the reality that these promises made to Abraham initially, reaching back to Genesis 12, are, are going to be continued to, or continue to be fulfilled uh, through Isaac uh, and his descendants. Uh, again, there in 26, we see uh, again this uh, issue of uh, a famine and uh, a, re a return and an encounter. Uh, that reminds us of uh, some of the lapses that Abraham had. Uh, another encounter uh, in Phoenicia uh, uh, with um, an Abimelech. And, and so uh, 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 these, there's, there's this ongoing uh, idea that uh, the, those uh, to whom God will fulfill His promise are always in peril whether the peril is the barrenness, which we see repeated over and over, or whether it's something uh, like a famine or uh, other issues. Uh, so one of the things that creates tension in the text are these issues that crop up that seem to be a threat to God's fulfilling uh, his, his promise. And so again, uh, God is going to bless Isaac and his uh, children, and then Isaac is going to extend that blessing in a peculiar way uh, to, uh, to Jacob, and that's going to be foreshadowed in the birth narrative. So there in verse 19 of chapter 25, uh, these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, uh, the Aramean of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? And so she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you shall be divided. Uh, the one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Uh, when her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all of his body like a hairy cloak, and so they called his name Esau. And afterward his brother came out uh, with his hand holding Esau's heel, so his name 
uh, was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she uh, bore them. Uh, when the boys grew, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And so we see here uh, God, uh, uh, in a sense, uh, uh, cultivating patience in, in the lives of the recipients of his promise. They're going to, uh, Isaac and Rebekah are going to wait many years for the birth of these uh, promised children. Uh, when she does conceive, uh, she conceives twins. And uh, uh, it is revealed to her that essentially uh, there's going to be some oddities uh, related uh, to the real their reality and their relationships. Uh, there's going to be, uh, in a sense, two nations, a divided uh, people. One shall be strong, one not, shall not. And the, the most unusual aspect of this prophecy is that the older shall serve the younger. Well, of course, that is fulfilled uh, by means of uh, this blessing being placed upon Jacob uh, through his deception. And uh, that, that, of course, begs all kind of problems as to uh, 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 how that was to be accomplished. Uh, but we don't find an apologetic for the deceitfulness of Jacob and his mother in terms of deceiving uh, Esau. Uh, but, uh, uh, but also uh, Esau, we're told, despised his, his birthright. And so uh, Paul appeals to it in the New Testament as uh, the example of sovereign election uh, that God had chosen Jacob uh, to be blessed, uh, to be saved, to be a part of the covenant people, uh, to be in the family of ultimately the Redeemer. And uh, Esau was to be rejected and uh, Paul builds upon that to establish and prove historically uh, that uh, God sovereignly elects without a view uh, towards uh, uh, the, the moral character of the individual. Uh, and to be sure, uh, those whom God chooses, uh, He chooses out of the universal pool of depraved individuals. And so uh, this is a, an important story, and it functions in an important way in the course of, of the Scriptures. And so again, God is doing what? He is fulfilling His promises. Uh, he is uh, working forward uh, in faithfulness uh, to ultimately present to these descendants to Abraham and ultimately to the world, uh, the fulfillment of the promises to Abraham, namely the seed who shall crush uh, the head of the serpent and who shall be uh, our Savior. And so I pray that these things bless your day and look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.